I mean, it does sound like an excuse. Like it, 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 it felt like there was this moment of um, just, uh, yeah, like you said, they they fell flat on their face. Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I am Jordan Dollar Coltman. I am joined by Elliot Tanti and my brother Braden Dollar Coltman. We've got a fun little show for you this evening. This is going to be out Monday morning. It'll be trade deadline. So welcome to trade deadline for this very strange 2021 NHL season. We will talk a little bit about that. Um, but right off the top, I also just want to plug later uh, tomorrow, actually, we'll have a reaction to all of the trades that go down today because, you know, recording this five minutes later, something will happen. In fact, while we're recording this, something just happened. So we'll talk about what we know and we won't get too much into the weeds on our crystal balls, although we really should considering how good Elliot is, is predicting the future. Um, how you guys doing first, Elliot? Welcome. How you feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Ready to t- chat trades and maybe make some bold predictions. And uh, Brady, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Happy to be back. This is my favorite part of the week and uh, I'm ready to talk sports. Let's go. All right, let's go. Okay, topic one this week. Uh, we're going to talk. You know what? I'm, uh, before I even introduce it, I'm going to play a clip. This is what's going to tee it all up. I've got some audio. Um, so let me just play the audio for us, and then we'll get into uh, we'll get into it. They were better than us, but I think you're asking a lot of, a lot from guys um, to uh, to sit through something like that and and uh, and remember your teammate um, and see what they're going through, um, the whole family, and you know expect to perform that night. I'm not sure what. Uh, what the league was really thinking there but anyway um you know i don't want to make excuses again obviously i can't stress that enough but it's it's uh, it's obviously a hard day it's a hard day for the k family it's a hard day for emily and her family um and it's a hard day for the edmonton oilers uh and boston bruins organization so that is uh edmonton oilers captain connor mcdavid last night at the podium following a five nothing loss to the calgary flames um as you heard uh, he didn't want to make excuses for his team's uh, sort of dreadful performance, but he certainly didn't hold back in expressing his frustration about having to play the same day as Colby Cave's memorial. For those who don't remember, a year ago, Colby Cave died suddenly. Um, he was a, an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, he had played for Bakersfield most of last season, but he had had time in the NHL. He died suddenly of a brain aneurysm. Nobody saw it coming. It was right at the beginning of COVID, too, so there was already so much confusion and, and sort of chaos going on that his death sort of was in and amongst all the other um, chaos of this time last year. But but obviously a huge, tragic loss, and it definitely affected all of the players. They had a little tribute to him last year before the restart in the summer, but this was... Um, a year to the day, and so he and his family, or his, pardon me, his family and the Edmonton Oilers organization were able to organize a memorial that was scheduled weeks ago. It took place on um, Rogers Place ice. Now, obviously, um, you know, the, 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 the part of this that McDavid, I think, was expressing frustration about was the fact that um, he, he, was, he was expressing the frustration that the Oilers were originally scheduled to play the Canucks on Saturday night, but obviously that wasn't going to happen after they came down with every one of them came down with COVID basically. Um, and so the question was, uh, did the NHL basically reschedule? They pulled this game, which was originally scheduled for near the end of the season with the Calgary flames Did they pull it up and put it on this night just to sort of save the hockey night in Canada schedule. Um, and then doing so inadvertently upstage, um, this memorial that obviously, you know, the, the entire Oilers team watched, uh, in the afternoon together in the, 
hotel in Calgary. I'm sure it was an incredibly emotional and difficult thing. Many of those players who had played with Colby, you know, it would have been a difficult thing for anyone to go through, not to mention when it's your friend and, and, and your teammate. Um, and obviously they came out and they looked flat. I mean, any one of us who watched that game could tell that the Oilers just were not there. Uh, it was like, it was, it was like they were, they were preoccupied and that's definitely what, what ended up happening out there. Um, this comes also as news has come out now about what the NHL's plan is to sort of replace those missing games. Um, they have chosen not to make up the two outstanding games with Montreal that were owed from the COVID outbreak that Montreal uh, suffered earlier in March that also affected the Oilers. Um, they chose not to pull those games up and play them this week. So the Oilers now won't play until Friday. However, at the end of the season in May, after most of the NHL has finished the regular season, they will still owe six games in 10 days to finish the regular season, four against the Canucks, and two back-to-back on back-to-back nights with Montreal. So there is a lot of question marks about how the NHL perhaps is treating the Oilers, if you want to look at it from that perspective, or I guess is this really just a situation where the league had no other choice schedule-wise? Um, and is McDavid justified to be frustrated? Maybe we'll go to, to Braden first. What was your reaction to McDavid's comments, and then what do you think about sort of the scheduling uh, nightmare the NHL's in? I mean, it does sound like an excuse. Like, it, it, it felt like there was this moment of, um, just, uh, yeah, like you said, they, they fell flat on their face and, uh, and yeah, he's not saying an excuse, but they're down to the stretch here. And, and so I don't know if this was just an oversight on the NHL, like, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what, um, what the issue was with, with, uh, like, um, I guess my confusion here, sorry, <laughs> What like did were they at this memorial? They watched it. You said at a in a hotel. Yeah, the memorial took place in Edmonton. They were already in Calgary in a hotel in in Calgary, so they watched it. Right. So they were in a. Yeah. 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 I think it's just an unfortunate. I think originally their plan probably was to have attended. I think that was why that had been scheduled the way it was. They could have socially distanced the team from the family in the arena, put them in their own section. I'm sure that was the original plan because again, the Oilers weren't supposed to play the Canucks. Uh, on us on Saturday, the Flames were going to play the Canucks tonight or on Saturday night, and that's why the Flames were already scheduled there. But if they hadn't put the Oilers in against them, then Hockey Night in Canada would have been down a game. So, yeah, I think it's just a, there was a. I mean, I'm sure if the NHL had a little bit more insight of what they were trying to do there, uh, that they they would have you know done their best effort to support the Cave family because it seems like that was something that they scheduled, not the Oilers. Um, so just an unfortunate situation. Uh, your second, your second question there about how does this affect scheduling and whatnot? Like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. Uh, it, I, you said it's gonna be hard on the Oilers in this in the stretch. I think it's gonna be hard on the Vancouver Canucks coming back from a completely, you know, hit by COVID to having to play a team that is, you know, needing to catapult its way to uh, to compete for the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, and I should just clarify what I pointed out there as the current schedule is those four games against the Canucks that are outstanding and the two games against Montreal, all of those taking place over 10 days. Those That is the current plan. It was just announced hours ago, minutes ago, basically, that two more Canuck players who had previously not been diagnosed have now been diagnosed with COVID, right. which has pushed the, the NHL's planned return to ice date for the Canucks from Sunday to Tuesday. So we're, again, we're slowly chipping away at the days left in the calendar. Elliot, what are what are your feelings and thoughts on this whole situation? 
Yeah, a couple of things. I think Connor McDavid very rarely, even about his own play and things that impact him, very rarely complains about the league, complains about officiating, complains about anything for that matter. He recognizes that he's a superstar and whatever he says is going to be magnified times 100. Um, and so, you know, that he picked this moment at this time with this issue to make a point, I think is really interesting and particularly telling. He is a very reserved guy, rightfully so, given his standard mm. stature. And, you know, uh, in terms of, I think this is ta- speaking to something a little bit larger that's going on with the, in the league right now, which is Connor McDavid is a representative of the players. And I think that the players are frustrated in general, the players union and players in general are frustrated with the way that the NHL is uh, dealing with these interruptions and, and the way that they're just messing around with schedules. And uh, there's not a lot. I mean, there was a game two weeks ago where the Oilers found out like the day before that they were going to be making up a game in Montreal. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they, they, and, and I get the sense also just from some of the other things that have been said and can chatter around bubbles for the playoffs. And we know the players don't want that. I think McDavid is speaking on behalf of the Oilers here, but they're all, he's also maybe echoing what the union saying. And I think it's interesting that, that that's a piece as well too. Uh, with regards to the schedule in the Oilers, I mean, it is what it is. Unfortunately, Montreal got COVID right before they were meant to play Edmonton and Vancouver got. And so Edmonton's the most affected in this, although Vancouver is very serious, but Edmonton's the most affected team in this. The ripple uh, effect, and so yeah, was totally. The ripple, they were the first in the line of fire for both these, and that's going to be the impact, you know, like they, yeah. uh, but I just, does Vancouver finish the season? I don't know. Like, it's so weird right now. Well, I think that that's the plan. I mean, that seems to be what we're pushing for. I think I agree with you, Elliot. It's sort of their collateral damage both times, and it's un- terribly unfortunate luck. I would I would push back against you know the Dave Staples and the people who are out there sort of claiming that Gary Bettman and the NHL has a you know a hate on for the Oilers and is intentionally trying to sabotage them. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into this. I also believe very strongly that it's very unlikely that the Oilers organization wasn't consulted when it came to whether or not they wanted to make up those two Montreal games this week. You know, they probably had a couple options and were were given, you know, at least one or sort of which of these two suits you better. And the other telling thing from from McDavid's press conference yesterday, which was quite brief, and I appreciated that the media didn't push any of them, they, he also very clearly said, look, we've only been home like four days in the last like seven. And in the last two weeks, we've only had like three home. You know, it, the whole schedule has just been brutal. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they said, look, if we if we have the choice between playing Montreal two nights, you know, of this week and they have to travel to Montreal, those are Montreal home games. And that part of the scheduling issue here is sponsorship money and all those. Those games have to be played in Montreal. Uh, it isn't a game, you know, like that's just the reality of it. Um, and so they, I think, looked at that and said, you know what? Yeah, it'll hurt a little bit at the end perhaps, but I think they'd rather take the rest now and and regroup and, and sort of let the also maybe, and we'll get to this in topic too, but maybe let the trade deadline sort out what's going to be the next phase of the last part of the season with new players going different places and sort of take this as an opportunity to be one of the healthy rested teams for the final push. We shall see. And we'll, again continue to update the story because it changes constantly uh, as i said you know who knows what what the next uh, couple weeks is going to look like here for the f- finale of this regular season and it has been a wild one we'll leave it there for now that's topic one hey topic two this week is brought to us by roma pizza and donaire look 
We all know that the best thing about Edmonton is the many donair options. And I know if you're like me, it can be overwhelming and stressful trying to hunt down all the best. Well, my friends, we have found it and it's time you did too. Roma Pizza and Donair in Westbrook Aspen Gardens is Edmonton's best kept secret. There's nothing quite like piping hot meat getting shaved and served with a generous ratio of sweet sauce. And look, I know someone out there is saying, yeah, no, that's not really my thing. Well, hold your horses, because there is more. Roma Pizza and Donaire not only serves Edmonton's best Donaire, but they also offer Roma pizzas, dinner platters, chicken wings, chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, chicken tawook, burgers, salads, subs, baklava, coconut cake, and with summer right around the snow-covered corner, they also have summer specials deep fried pickles and deep fried Oreos. But hey, don't take my word for it. Sometimes tasting is believing. To order, call them at 780-944-9696. That's 780-944-9696. They're open every day except Sunday from 11 until 11 and open till midnight Friday and Saturday. You can also follow them on Instagram at Roma Pizza Donaire. Okay. On to topic two. Okay, topic two this week, we're going to get to the trade deadline. We're going to call it a trade deadline preview because we have a very exciting pre, uh, reaction podcast coming, a special podcast coming on Tuesday. But uh, things are already happening. Trades are already flying. It's one of those trends we've started to see more and more where teams leading up to the deadline are just as active as they used to be on the day. Uh, and it almost sometimes comes down to, to the fact that like by the time we actually get to trade deadline day, most of the big deals are done. And it's starting to feel like that's the case already. Um, it's a, sort of a weird year uh, trade-wise because obviously you know there are a few factors. Certain players have to wait seven days to play if they're coming from the States to Canada. Um, and obviously you have these very different aligned divisions so i think teams are being a little bit more strategic about who they're trading with perhaps because uh you know if you're trading for a canadian team with a canadian team that's only going to hurt you uh and and so it's been a little bit more interesting to see what those you know it's just a different year we've also got a flat cap going into next year so money is a whole new consideration trades of picks seem to be a very much more popular trend and we're seeing a lot more multi-team deals than we've ever had before nhl wise that's something that's very common in the nba we're seeing it a lot more but now multiple teams are moving picks around to just make these trades and the money part of it work the other big factor looming in the shadows is seattle and the expansion draft only one team is not worried about seattle I don't know if you know this, guys, but Vegas does not have to give up a player. What? Yeah. Isn't that a strange part of the deal? But they're, they're so such strange. a new team that they can keep – they don't have to be expose anyone to the, to the expansion draft. But 30 other teams are all considering what? their moves this year when they think about who they want to expose and who they want to protect. So those are all factors. Um, we've only got five minutes, so let's get right to it. I know we all want to start with the big one that just came down. By the time you're listening to this, you're like, which one? Because there'll be several, maybe. But the big one, the big name that everyone's been talking about and it's been buzzing around is Taylor Hall. Buffalo trades Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar to the Boston Bruins for their yeah. second round pick and Anders Bork. So um, I, I don't know if that's the one you wanted to start with, Elliot, but I'm going to throw that one to you first. What are your first impressions of the Taylor Hall deal? Well, this is not that surprising to me. In fact, I had a conversation with a buddy last week and I was quite certain that he was going to end up in Boston. It just seemed to make sense in terms of cap space and what Boston uh, really needs, which is scoring. And they need uh, 
and and Taylor Hall presumably, although his stats this year maybe not necessarily support that, yes. uh, but but presumably he will add an offensive um, uh, weapon to to that team. Who is, I think, still in their window, but this is their last year in their window. Yeah, really it's interesting. I think something really substantial. I think Boston is in denial. I think Boston is about to need to go through a, a, like a one or two year retool. Like they're, they're in that they've lost Chara, they've lost Tory Krug, they're in a little bit of a weird place where, yeah, they're, they're, their veteran core is still intact, and they have they enough talent to push, and certainly yeah. with the alignment of this division right now, they, they're definitely in a, a position to be able to push, but you're right, it's they're sort of in a weird place, so this is definitely them saying, look, we're still here to fight for uh, a Stanley Cup, and that's what that deal does. Braden, what do you think about that, or or maybe you want to jump into a different deal, I don't know. First thoughts on Taylor Hall? <laughs> I think I'm more surprised at the compensation. Like, yes, he hasn't had hmm. the year that everybody anticipated when he signed the $8 million for the year, but a second round pick and uh, who? Anders Bjork. Bjork. Yeah. Like, I know this is also Buffalo trying to, but they didn't even have to retain salary. Uh, I, I think Boston got a steal here. That's what I think. And if Taylor Hall can uh, play a lot better than he has now for his childhood team, I think that uh, I think that that's going to be a very good trade. For well, Boston. he's going to need to. He's going to need to because, like you say, Elliot, he's got like nine goals. The guy has not been performing to the top level, and you can argue maybe some of that's Buffalo, maybe some of that's being on a on a team that's been struggling. But like, if you're if you're as good as you know, people seem to think you are. You're a couple years out of a heart trophy. You should be able to at least be the best guy on that team or competing to be. So we'll see. Um, let me jump in. Here's here's my first takeaway from before, you know, uh, again, we don't know what's going to happen Monday morning, but so far the most active team in my mind when it comes to actually making big deals is the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are clearly uh, Stanley Cup cha- like champion chasers. That is what they are after right now. And they are going to do everything they can to bolster their lineup, protect themselves from injuries, especially a goaltending. That was the one that surprised me. David Riddick for a third round pick from Calgary. I thought Toronto had their goaltending tandem or team there. They've got this superstar Jack Campbell. What are we talking about here? Uh, but now they've, they've just got more and more of these guys. And then somehow they also found the cap space. Although to be fair, Columbus, gave them a great deal by taking a lot of money away from it. But Nick Foligno in a three-way deal, Nick Foligno and they get Stefan Newsom. Um, so they get some, some sort of middle of the lineup uh, offensive help and some, you know, veteran guys who can continue to help. Nick Foligno has been around long enough to know, you know, what's at stake when they get into the playoffs and they gave up a f- two fourths and a first. Now they did give up the first. That's fair. It's a big, big price for Nick Foligno. But what do you think about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Elliot? Uh, yeah, gearing up to also Riley Nash a couple of days ago too. That's right. Uh, just like another depth oh, yeah, guy. I think he's on LTR, but yeah, you know, like, and, and we'll see where it is. Yeah, they are selling the farm here to uh, to go for it, and I think they need to. I mean, they're the clue, the best team in the in, in the North Division. Uh, the other thing I heard is, you know, this is the one year where they're not in the same division with the likes of uh, the Lightning and Boston. Lots of yeah. really, really good teams, uh, and so this is this is the year where they can win a division and. Uh, that you know, they're odds on favorite to be top f- uh, one of the last uh, four teams going into the playoffs. And you have to think if you're there, then that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good place to be. And so they're going for it. Hey, they picked their spot. It's very clear what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, goalie, really- the goalie thing, like Campbell's yeah. leg is there is something more going on there, though. Riddick is a good deal, but clearly there's something more going on with Campbell. Yeah, in totally. Terms of- what, like Peds or. <laughs> Something yeah. going on there. <laughs> Something's in the water. I think the uh, I think the scariest thing for me with Toronto there is that 
what they did before the deadline. This is a team that's right at the top of the North Division uh, and continuing to climb. Um, I, so I think it's a bit of a runaway there right now. And so, uh, you know, as an Oilers fan in the same division, I want to see, I want to see something happen. Uh, but the team that I'm really liking what they've done at this deadline so far is the New York Islanders, Kyle Palmieri, Travis Ajak, teaming up again with Lula Morello, having to shave their beards, do whatever it takes, uh, to win, to win whatever they can here. The New York, Islanders. I, I, I kind of asked her like, what is that? Well, I didn't know teams still had like no shave policies. Like, are there other things like they're not allowed to? Well, chew they, gum they are when they like octogenarians and... are running them. I mean, this is that's just the old that's just the old white. Right. And you know, I think the New York Yankees have the something like the... that still too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, lots to talk about. Lots of anticipation as to see to see what else happens. Some of the biggest names have already come off of you know your your, your trade bait boards and and. Uh, Although all those rumors swirling about Taylor Hall now are, have been answered, oh, so that on. will definitely change some of what happens tomorrow and affect how other teams look at it. You know, now they're starting to play out what those prices are. Did teams overpay for certain pieces, and all of that? But but uh, it should be an exciting trade deadline day. Um, but we'll leave it there, and we'll know very soon. That's topic two. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, so to wrap today's episode up, we're going to go to the old faithful hats off. Um, you know, this is for those uh, of the uninitiated listening variety. This is where we each take a moment to tip our caps to someone, something, um, any anybody around the sports world that we think just needs a little moment of acknowledgement for something they've either achieved or something, you know, maybe they put their foot in it and they just need a little tip of the cap for their success and or failure. Um, we, we never go to this guy first. So I want to start with Braden this week. Braden, who's your hat going off to? My hat is going off to none other than Gary Trent Jr. Some uh, Raptors fans might remember Gary Trent Sr., who played for the Raptors in the early 2000s. This is uh, his son. He just got traded from the Portland Trailblazers for none other than Norman Powell, the championship Stormin' Norman Powell. Um, Gary Trent Jr. came in. He's a 22-year-old kid on a really, really great uh, young team here. He dropped 44 points uh, two nights ago, followed up by 23 tonight. Um, he's off to a really good start here with this Toronto Raptors team. and They're getting younger. They're looking to get a, 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 a little bit of a retool after the loss of Kawhi. But uh, my hat's going off to Gary Trent Jr. He looks like he's going to be uh, a really good piece for the Toronto Raptors moving forward. All right, I'll go next because um, I know who Elliot is, and it should finish the finish the night off. Um, mine, I have a little a multimedia uh, for you. I've got a little clip for you, but first, uh, my hat goes off this week to the Charles Wade Barkley. 
He's my favorite basketball analyst of all time. I mean, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I love watching clips and highlights of of uh, him on the panel, whether it's him and Shaq getting into an argument or him not understanding what Ernie's saying or any of those things. He's just such an amazing character. And in all the right ways, he's not, you know, he's not obnoxious in like, like an offensive or racist Steven or sexist way. way. Yeah. He, he, he's offensive to in, in all the right ways. He sort of just says what he thinks. And usually it's, it upsets somebody's fan base because it, you know, he's got some very strong opinions, but he always backs them up with sort of, um, I don't know, a, a level of humor, let's say. Um, so just to, to tee this up, uh, he on, on the panel, I guess yesterday, uh, he, he, he basically called out the Clippers and said, why are we even talking about the Clippers as a contender anymore? He says, why do the Clippers even exist? He, don't, he didn't understand why the Clippers were even in the NBA, which is pretty funny and taking it a little too far. Well, obviously he got a lot of hate online from all of those devoted Clipper fans. Um, when asked what he thought about all of the hate he was getting, this was his response. Clippers weren't contenders. Well, let me tell you something, Manuel. I've been poor. I've been rich. I've been fat. I've been skinny. I've been old. I've been in the Hall of Fame. And one thing I can always tell you, the Clippers have always sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Barkley, I tip my hat to you. (laughs) Speaking truth. That's a great clip. All right, Elliot. It's all you. Uh, so my hats off this week goes to one Hideki Matsuyama, who today won the Masters, is the first uh, Japanese-born uh, player to do so. He did with a by one stroke, um, but really did so by playing consistently well throughout the entire weekend and what was an incredibly difficult course to, to negotiate. Uh, ate up a lot of the big names very early. Lots of big names didn't even make the cut this year. Uh, from what I saw uh, throughout the week, it looked like those guys were putting on literal concrete for most of the first two rounds. Um, and But he consistently played well, took a, a big lead into the final round and did something that's not easy to do, which is maintain... Uh, his lead through eight, the final 18 holes at Augusta National. So uh, hats off to him. Uh, congratulations on his um, uh, his first Masters, his first major championship. And I know there's lots of people uh, in Japan and in Japanese golf that are very excited and feeling proud today. So congratulations. All right, golf clap. Very good, very good. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Braden. Another fun week in the bag. And uh, again, just a reminder, Tuesday, we will have a very special edition of Hattrick. It'll be our trade uh, deadline special for 2021. Um, Braden and I will be there and we will be joined by a very special guest, the uh, baddest mother pucker around, Larice Campbell, who I know has strong opinions on the Taylor Hall deal. She is very grateful that the Oilers were not idiotic and went down that road. We will get to that and everything else that happens uh, trade deadline related and then later this week also just as a plug here on this very feed we have our second episode of the pit stop podcast for the season um they are in imala it is the second race of the f1 season Braden and i will break it down for you we will re respond to the last race we saw a couple weeks ago in bahrain big action lots of excitement red bull certainly coming out of the gates but again that damn mercedes and lewis hamilton nico hulkenberg yeah so we'll talk about all of that and more Uh, that'll be out on Thursday, uh, ahead of race weekend, but for now I will leave it there. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Braden. That's Hatcher.
Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm going to get into F1, I've decided. It's going to start with you looking at a picture of Lawrence Stroll. Brayden is terrified of this guy. He's, well, he's... understandably so. I feel like I looked this up last week when you guys were talking about it.